The following podcast is produced and syndicated by Influencer Podcast Network. Become a podcast star. Go to InfluencerPodcastNetwork.com. Because dating isn't always great. I'm Amy Helt, and this is the Dating Disasters Podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the Dating Disasters Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Helt, and this is our second episode. So, I was so thrilled with our inaugural episode, being able to share some of my experiences with you. And I am really looking forward to where this whole series is gonna take us. I was thinking about some things in terms of dating the other night when I was thinking about what I wanted to to cover and talk about. And I had actually seen an article about a woman sending money to a man that she met online but not in person. So when we talk about dating disasters, as I mentioned before, they come in all shapes and sizes. Some are hilarious, some are painful, some are just actually downright tragic. And that's kind of what I thought about when I was reading about this guy who had set up a few online dating profiles for the purpose of getting money from women he had never met. And unfortunately, In this case, one of the women who had sent him her life savings, which was $93,000, had actually committed suicide when she found out what was happening. Extremely tragic. And, you know, I felt really angry about it because it reminded me that when you date online or otherwise, there are people out there who are not honest, they're not good people, they are, they have ulterior motives that can harm people. That's just the reality, unfortunately. It also happened here in Las Vegas with another woman who had met someone online and and it ended in tragedy. So I really think I'd like to take this podcast, even though this is kind of a downer topic, there's nothing funny about it at all, but it is something that a lot of people can relate to. I know myself, several women who have been in this position, and I think it's important that we talk about, you know, being safe when dating online. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be, you know, light and happy, and you're you're trying to meet somebody. And for the most part, 99% of the time, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be people like you and me who are just looking for a partner. There are people, though, that aren't. And I think it's really important right now to just kind of talk about some red flags, some common sense safety strategies. And then I will share actually a story with you about my own experience where I didn't make the best decisions and fortunately nothing bad happened. But it reminded me that I'm in control of what I'm doing and I have to make sure I have to look out for myself. I can't depend on a stranger to do that for me. So, you know, you might get a little laugh from that. It's a little bit outrageous when we get to the second half of the discussion. But for the first half, I just want to kind of talk about some red flags. When you talk to people about dating, I know a lot of people who are just afraid. They're afraid because there are a lot of weirdos out there, or so they think. They hear a lot of stories. And like I mentioned, there are some people that are definitely not in it for the right reasons. They have very malicious intent. In day-to-day life, there are people that have that. So it's not specific to online dating. I think 
online dating makes it a little bit easier for predators because they are hiding behind a screen, right? You want to have a set of rules and behaviors and strategies that you use to keep you safe. You have to be smart about stuff. We make decisions when we're younger, we're not thinking or, you know, we just do dumb stuff. You know, I mean, honestly, I still do dumb stuff sometimes, but we have to be responsible, whether you're the man or the woman in the dating situation, you have to be smart and you have to use strategies to keep you safe. Some of these are super common sense. I'm going to start with the very, very basic. Whether you meet somebody online or someone invites you out for a date, drive separately. Get yourself there on your own. Do not allow someone to come to your house and pick you up. It may not seem like it's a big deal. The person may seem trustworthy. If you're a guy too, or maybe you're a woman who's gonna pick the guy up, whatever, whoever's the, the picker-upper and whoever is the other person, I guess, it's not a smart move on either part. You don't wanna put yourself in a position where you're in a bad spot. If you don't know this person, letting them know exactly where you live is probably not the best idea. Now, yeah, if you're listed, you know, with your phone number or address or you own your home, whatever, they can find it. Okay, sure. You want them to work for it though. I mean, if they're going to figure it out, don't just put a giant sign like here, I live by myself at this address. Hello. And I'm single. I'm usually alone. That's not what you want to be doing. You want to use common sense. I always had a policy where I would drive myself to the date. I didn't care where it was. I didn't care if we were going somewhere near my house and it was on my date's way to pick me up. It didn't matter. I would either drive myself or at the time, we didn't have Lyft and Uber, I would take a, a cab. So now I would Lyft or Uber, of course, a whole set of different rules for safety with those that go without saying, make sure you identify your driver, etc. cetera. Um, so being safe there as well but I would not rely or allow my date to pick me up at my house. I wanted to know that also if I wanted to leave the date that I had the ability to do so, that I was not dependent on somebody else, on getting in a vehicle with someone else who maybe had been drinking or someone else if the date's going badly and they wanna drop me off at home. I just made sure that I always had a way there myself and a way back. When I talk about my online dating program and I had been on Danny DeNovo's podcast and if you have not listened to her podcast, you have to, she's amazing. She and I have become good friends. And she and I were talking about dating and I had a policy, we laughed about it, that I would not even bring money on a date. So I wanna qualify that a little bit. Yeah, I might not be paying for my dinner or have any intention to pay for my dinner, which is clear to my date before I even get there. But I always made sure I had money to get myself home. I always made sure I had a fully charged cell phone and that I had money to get home. So if I chose not to drive myself, I had money for taxi. If I chose to drive myself, but maybe had a drink or two while I was out and I might not wanna drive home, I made sure that I had alternate transportation. That's critical. I did not want to find myself in a position where I had to depend on essentially a stranger. And you know, if you've been dating for a while, you can be on a first date and, and spending time with somebody and they may not feel like a stranger to you. It might be really easy, which is great, but you have to remember they are a stranger. You don't know them. You're getting to know them. So don't let your guard down when it comes to common sense, okay? 
think about that. So always I would drive myself. I would never, I might let people know the general area where I live. I would never give out my address ever. Uh, as I was on maybe date two or three, when I know them, I've done my appropriate research on them, a Google search, looked for some public records, investigated some of the stuff that they tell me to see if they're telling the truth. Once I felt comfortable, then yes, then they could pick me up. No big deal. I mean, the relationship has to progress. At some point, you have to trust somebody. Just don't dive in right away, not paying attention. I would also, for the most part, and you'll see as I discuss my follies at the end of this, I would limit my drinking on dates, especially first dates when you're getting to know somebody. Because again, you are just in the presence of a stranger. So not only does drinking more than what might be your normal dinner amount, where you're still, you know, a normal functioning human, not only does that kind of open you up to you maybe not acting the way you want to act, but it puts you in a really vulnerable position where you can't make smart decisions. So definitely, even if my date was drinking, I would either have one drink or none. Now, as I'm dating somebody and we're going out and it's date four or five, okay, I might let my hair down a little bit and really like, you know, have a couple glasses of wine or a little more sangria and really enjoy myself. But you just want to really be careful because you don't want to put yourself in a vulnerable position. <laughs> vulnerable. It sounds like I've had a few drinks already today. A vulnerable position where you can't make appropriate decisions. And those decisions are being left, you're entrusting someone that you really don't know to make those decisions for you. Because again, not everybody is, is going to be making the right decision for you. I would also do, like I mentioned, a little bit of research on my date. I ask a lot of questions when I meet somebody. I want details. I don't need the life story because that's why I'm going to go on the date. But I'm not going to go out on a date with somebody who I don't know their last name. I'm not going to go out on a date with somebody who I don't know what they do for a living. If I care what they do for a living is irrelevant. It's that I want to have information that I can sort of verify. I'm also always, without fail, going to go to a highly populated public place. I am not going to be driving to a park in the middle of the night to meet a date. That doesn't make any sense to me. Highly populated public place. Now, I was a huge proponent of eating on a date. I wouldn't go unless a meal was included because I have to put forward a lot of effort to rearrange my schedule and get there. I want to make it worth my while too. I want somebody who's going to invest the time to get to know me. A meal is a good way to do that. It's a, not a quick 10-minute thing. So all of my dates were at restaurants. Some were at casinos. Some were at freestanding restaurants. Always a very populated place with a lot of people around at a busy time. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you're isolated or away from people because that, again, makes you vulnerable. So just those common sense things. And, you know, they sound normal, right? You're thinking about when you go out on a date, where are you going? A restaurant, obviously. Are you going to get tanked? Well, probably not, you know? Okay. Those are common sense things. I like to remind people because I think sometimes we get very comfortable and very kind of freewheeling and stuff doesn't seem like it's a big deal. But in today's climate, you just want to be careful. And when I think about these women and, and sending this money, 
I am actually, this is going to be addressed in an upcoming podcast specifically to situations like this, because as I mentioned, I do have friends who have done this. The women that I know who have done it are highly educated, highly successful. They are not people that you can easily take advantage of. What you need to remember, and it happens with women doing this to men too, that it is a game. The job of this person is to get money from you. You don't have to be gullible. It's not about being stupid or foolish or desperate. It's about falling for their story and their tactics. And you really want to put your guard up. I'm going to tell you right now that if anyone that you meet either dating them, so maybe you've been set up by somebody else or you've met them online, if they are asking you for money, get as far away from them as possible. That is a huge red flag. No one, when you're on a date or two, or if you've even met the person, which in these cases online, the women had not met the guy. Uh, and in my client's case, one had met a guy, one had not. You just don't, don't do it. Nobody should be asking anybody for money in the early stages of dating. Whatever arrangement you work out after that, whatever. But have your antennas up. Don't let somebody convince you or give you a sob story, you know, and in, in these cases, these people are not asking for 10 bucks for gas. But also, if you're asking for 10 bucks for gas, should you really be out dating because you don't have the money for gas? What are we doing? If anyone asks you for money, no is the answer and get away from them. That is not going to turn out good for you. The other clue is going to be somebody that does not want to meet you somebody who keeps making excuses. I cover this in my program as well. I think it's module two, maybe module three, talking about red flags. You want to meet someone when you are online dating, you want to go from the connection to the in-person meeting as quickly as possible. So if somebody doesn't wanna meet you and they keep making excuses, that's a problem. Now, sometimes it's difficult to coordinate schedules if there are children, if you travel, you might not live in the same place, no big deal. But then there are the constant just excuses. Oh, I can't now, I can't now, I can't now. Oh, maybe I'll come this weekend. Oh wait, something came up. Pay attention, pay attention. When you are paying attention and you are confident in who you are and you are really um, implementing your dating strategy, you will see red flags like that and you will avoid them immediately. But really beware of people who like shower you with compliments, love, good stuff, emails, phone calls. That doesn't mean they don't have a voice that they're not going to call. But when they start asking for money or they don't want to meet you or worse yet, they're doing both, get away from them. That is not a good situation to be in. Be smart and have your radar up. Don't allow their, their explanations and their reasoning of things to just be satisfactory. Double check what they're telling you. If you feel weird about it, if your gut tells you it's not right, don't do it. You don't owe anybody an explanation, including them. Just don't do it. It'll save you a lot of time and trouble and hassle and disappointment on the back end. And like I said, men and women both do this to each other. So unless you're, you're the small population that has a pre-agreed arrangement, like a sugar daddy relationship, 
where money is already going to be exchanged. Okay, that's worked out already. Everybody knows what's up. If that's the relationship you're looking for, that's cool. If you are looking for a traditional relationship that is just dating and getting to know somebody and they're asking you for money, get out. Don't just block them, delete them, whatever, because you want to be able to protect yourself. So be smart when you're dating. You can still really enjoy yourself and have a really great time, but you want to be really smart with it. And the story I want to share with you about my experience, when I think about this one, I think, oh, what was I thinking? And I'm glad I've learned from it because I tolerate a lot less years later. But this is a great example of just me not really thinking about what I'm doing, not really giving consideration to the situation I'm in. And there are two very specific experiences that come to mind. And both go right back to my warning about be careful how much you drink. Because we all know when you're out at night, if you're having a great time, oh, I'll have another glass of wine. Oh, shots of Jaeger, of course. Oh, mind eraser, why not, right? You're having a good time, you're living, you're not thinking about consequences or dangers. That's dangerous too. It's a rule now that I follow and that I followed after these experiences because it just didn't really, I got lucky first that something bad didn't happen to me, but it also taught me that it took away my opportunity to get to know people because when you're just tanked, like think about those conversations, right? Think about the text messages you send when you've had too many drinks or the way you act or, you know, the way you're yelling. I, uh, on this particular date where I had a, a good bit to drink, I got into an argument with the guy at the dueling piano bar because he wouldn't take my money to play Copacabana. I was getting booed by the entire crowd. So I'm on a date here, right? I'm on a date at one of the casinos. I, uh, at the time, years ago, I was doing a mystery shop which is a whole nother story, but I essentially would be assigned to act as a complete patron. I would have to go to each bar and restaurant and order a drink and eat something and, and rate them. And so I had finished my assignment for the night, but I was staying there. I'm finished. I'm at this outdoor bar. They've got a live, you know, 80s band, which if you know me, it's my favorite. And I have a date for this. I brought someone with me. The problem is that the person I chose to bring with me, I had been out with the week before. And we were on a first date and it was crappy. He, uh, his age, uh, he said he was actually younger than what he was, which is not a big deal, but he did it so he fit into like different search criteria online. Okay, whatever. He was divorced, but said he had never been married, which again, not a big deal, but you're not telling me the truth, right? So now I'm like, uh oh. And we go into this nightclub and he says, well, we're gonna order drinks, but I only have money for my drink. I don't have money for yours. And I'm like, what, wait, what's happening here? So at that time I leave and I walk out, you know, into the casino and I'm out there for a little bit. I like to play some table games and some slots and stuff. And an hour later, I'm walking through the area and I see who the guy who was my date walking out with his arm around another girl. And I'm like, uh oh, wait, this is weird. So now I'm mad and confused, but still the guy didn't have money for a drink. So what's happening here, right? This all happens to be around the time where maybe my communication isn't the best. I don't address things directly. 
it's a lot of what I've learned to be able to do now comfortably. And we had these plans for a week later to go and and go to dinner here and then I'd have to go to this bar and that one and etc. So okay, I never said anything about what I saw because you know also it's I'm not dating him. I just met him so who really cares? What I didn't recognize in myself was that I was pissed. And because I was angry and not saying anything, I was like stewing and I was ordering drink after drink. I was just going to have fun no matter what. And boy, did I have fun, I think, because I don't remember half of it, which is a problem when you're on a date. We were at the, the outdoor bar. They were pouring shots straight from the bottle. So, you know, when you're in your 30s, that always sounds like a good idea. But, you know, you have some, uh, some 80s music playing. It's okay. Got in the argument at the piano bar. Go back to my room uh, with my date who was going to leave then because at this point, you know, I'm, I'm pretty off the rails after all these drinks. And I'm, remember, I'm still mad. And I have not addressed what I saw and how I think it was ridiculous. And frankly, I shouldn't have been on another date with him anyway. What was I thinking, right? We've all been there too. Like we see the, the writing on the wall, but we ignore it. So he leaves and I uh, step out of the hotel room. He's already down the hall. And I start yelling at him. I'm going to say this to you in advance. I never, ever condone any kind of violence at all against anybody, right? My story people laugh at, but it's not really that funny when you think about somebody acting that way. So I, I wanna bring that to the forefront too. There's never an excuse for that, no matter who's doing it. A shove, a grab, a, in my case, the guy came back down the hallway and I slugged him in the stomach and then sent him back on his way because I was mad. In real life, I would never even think about doing that. But because here I am with all these drinks and I'm mad and I don't know how to address it properly and I'm out with somebody I shouldn't be out with, that's how I respond, which wasn't okay. So my esthetician to this day, this was probably 10 years ago, she still is like, oh, is that the one that you punched? And we laugh about it. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's funny in that it's ridiculous. And who does that? You don't want to be that person. Learn from my mistake not to do that. Learn from my mistake to really make sure that you're in control of what you're doing. Make sure that you're in control of how you're behaving and what you're saying. And just like I discuss in the first podcast, be a better communicator. Be able to say, this is, you know, we just met. I don't, this is not okay. I'm not really, I don't want to go out again. Or I'm, I, you know, I'm mad. When you look at it, I never should have gone out with the guy again. Would I go out with somebody like that again now? Oh, no way. Absolutely not. But also my vetting strategy is a lot better. And I view online dating very differently. I didn't have the expertise and the experience that I have now. So I was just out there kind of trying to do the best I could. And that's how it ends up. And I woke up the next morning with uh, a bunch of receipts in my purse for drinks that I know I didn't have. I don't know who paid for them or where they came from. And I felt terrible. I was embarrassed. I was sick because I drank a lot. What comes out of the situation is the guy is like, oh, I'm glad I'm not dating that psycho. Nobody wants to be labeled that. So learn from my mistake. Learn to be in control of your behavior on the date. Learn to communicate better. 
be aware of it. If you're on, if you go on a first date with somebody and you're angry or you have these feelings kind of stewing about something that pissed you off about what they did or didn't do, maybe don't go out with them again. It's only a first date. It's not supposed to be difficult. And you might find them interesting. You might find them funny. They might be good looking. It doesn't matter. It's, you know, you're looking for a longer term, more consistent partner, and you want to find people who support that and who create an environment where that can happen. But we all have to do our part too. And in that date, was that guy somebody I really would want to date? No way. Absolutely not. Why I chose to, you know, still bring him to the casino when I was doing that shop, I don't know. I don't know if nobody else was available. I don't really remember, to be honest. It wasn't the right move. It wasn't me being smart about what I'm doing. I'm very lucky because that situation could have turned out completely different and uh, on many levels and in many different ways. So I'm grateful that I could learn a lesson and I came out pretty undamaged beyond my embarrassment. And, you know, I don't pack a very powerful punch. So, you know, I don't think I did any damage, but that behavior is not okay. I learned a lot from that mistake and I'm grateful that it didn't turn out like it could have. That could have been a really, really bad situation because I was not in control fully of what I was doing. So that's a dating disaster, whether you look at it from my perspective or from his. It's something I don't want to repeat. It's something that sometimes people kind of crack a joke about. Probably because if you know me now, you know that would be so far from what I would possibly do. So not every disaster is funny. Not every disaster is, you know, oh my God, I, I mean, this is kind of, oh my God, I can't believe it, but in a really bad way. I just want it to serve as your reminder to be safe when you're dating, to use common sense. Once you're in the relationship and you're, you know, you know the person, that's up to you at that point. But in the beginning, really use common sense and really be smart. Listen to your instinct. You want to enjoy the process. It's not going to be perfect but at least do your part. There I am again, share, and I mean, that's, that takes a lot for me to share because that's a pretty embarrassing, that was one of probably my low points in my single life, but I'm grateful for it because I learned and I can remind other people because I didn't set out to behave that way that night. It just happened. It snowballed. One thing led to another, led to another. So don't make those same decisions. And, you know, as we move forward with the series, I'm looking really forward to uh, being able to share more of my experience to help you. And like I said before, head on over to onlinedatingresults.com and get that free download of my seven best tips for online dating. That applies also to regular dating. So just stuff to help you with your strategy so you can really find the person that you're looking for. So I hope you enjoyed my complete Full disclosure, confessional, uh, you know, only my closest friends know that story. So it's kind of a little bit scary to have it out for everybody else to know now, but I'm a human being. This stuff happens. Uh, and I want your experience to be better. So definitely tune in to my upcoming podcasts. We're going to have some really great guests and we're going to have some really great, uh, well, if you can have a great dating disaster uh, that we can all learn a lot from. Okay, thank you for joining me. The following podcast.